0: Talk to your local agent today.
1: This is Recode Media with Peter Kafka, and that is me, and I am here with Twitter's Tony Hale. Welcome, Tony. Thank you. It's great to be here. Normally, I ask you what you do and and what's going on at Twitter, but we don't have to do that anymore because you guys have helpfully produced a, a commercial explaining what you're doing at Twitter. So let's play that for a second
0: are you ready to take twitter to the next level then you need to sign up for twitter blue so you can twitter faster stronger harder smarter and, and also stronger wow 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 i, I can feel, feel the difference. difference twitter blue is a premium subscription with features like bookmark folders ad free articles and undo tweet now tweet and undo it's exercise but it's also staring at your phone which is what i like to do Let's check out ad-free articles. Now pick one and scroll, scroll. You're doing great. R.I.P. Twitter, more like let's get ripped, Twitter. Give those sad noodles you call fingers the upgrade they deserve with Twitter Blue. Join your heroes and sign up for Twitter Blue today.
1: Okay. So normally we charge people to run ads on this podcast, but that's that's your free ad. That's Twitter Blue. This is the thing that you helped build. Yeah. Did you make the ad too? Uh, I didn't, but
2: I can tell you that the swag in that ad is now the most sought after swag across all of Twitter. This Everyone de- wants to.
1: Depending on your age, you'll either recognize that stuff as something you used to consume as a young person, or it looks like something that from the past that you've never seen. I'm I'm in the former group.
2: It is something where I am also in the former group.
1: You were a jazzerciser?
2: I mean, who wasn't in those days?
1: I have a very scarring experience. I had a men-at-work tape, which was one of the first things I ever bought, and I came home and my mom and grandma were jazzercising to it.
2: With, like, full, like, leg warmers and everything? I don't everything. know that they were
1: doing leg warmers, but it was scarring. I've, I've blocked a lot of it out. Uh, welcome, Tony. You uh, used to run Chartbeat. Digital Publishing Analytics. Then you ran Scroll, which we'll talk about. That got bought by Twitter and now has been incorporated into this thing called Twitter Blue. And now you're at Twitter, rolling out Twitter Blue. So this is a paid product. It's 3 bucks a month. It's got a bunch of stuff in it, including the thing that you worked on for the last couple of years. I want to talk to you about all of it. Okay. But first, really big picture – Twitter is a free social media platform like Facebook, like MySpace in the old days, like TikTok. Um, as far as I can tell, it's the first one to offer a paid product to consumers. Why are you guys offering a paid product on top of the free ad-supported product?
2: So, um, the first thing is important to note that Twitter itself will always be free. Like, the core of Twitter will always be a flow. So said on top of. Thank you. Um, I think for us, it's... It allows us to do a bunch of things um, and, and experiment. One of the things that you've seen over the last couple of years or so, and one of the reasons why I was so excited to join Twitter, was just the pace of development and innovation and just experimenting and trying out new things and trying those things out in public. and. So this is one of those things. We want to be able to say, like, what what can we start to do? If if there are features that may not serve everybody, but for really heavy tweeters, heavy non-tweeters who like to read a lot of tweets, news junkies, how can we serve them? And uh, with Twitter Blue in particular, this was also a recognition for us that Twitter is so tightly bound in with the world of kind of words and journalism and content. And so... Twitter Blue is also our way of saying, like, how do we not just kind of like experiment within Twitter, but how do we create kind of new business models for journalism in general? Um, the whole notion of a kind of rising tide. So, There's
1: a bunch of stuff in there, but but yeah. the main idea is Twitter Blue seems to be like stuff that a Twitter power user might want to use. The people who use TweetDeck in the past might still use TweetDeck in the past. People who listen to this podcast who are serious about media and Twitter and social media. But what is the point of charging for it as opposed to say, hey, here's a product for hardcore Twitter users and it's also free, just like the rest of Twitter?
2: I mean, I think to a, uh, to a certain degree as well, it's about like diversifying business models as well. I mean, this is something that we've been talking about for a few years now, and I think it's valuable. I think it's been valuable for publishers when they've diversified their business models.
1: Right, but the difference is when when, when publishers say, we're now going to have a paywall, we're now having a subscription offering, The least successful ones are just saying, here's something else that you can pay for. Most of them are saying, we're kind of pivoting our whole business towards, you know, instead of being ad-supported, we're going to be consumer-supported. The New York Times is the best example of that pivot. But that's not what you guys are doing here. Like we said, you're going to remain—the bulk of Twitter is going to be this free ad-supported business. So you're not— it's not a significant diversification, right?
2: No, but it's, uh, it's, an, it's right now it's an experiment, uh, and it's one we're very excited by. And it's also not something that's that unusual within, uh, within the world of tech. You know, kind of freemium businesses uh, abound who make money in different ways and say, for our standard free users, you get this great, amazing free right. experience. And then for power users, um, here's a way to get uh, what you want.
1: But just to beat that in the ground, usually <laughs> the freemium model is we have a free-to-play, free-to-use product that we don't really make a lot of money from and where we make most of our money is charging our whales, right? That's the gaming business. You get almost all your money from 5% or something less than that, but people who are buying Fortnite skins, everyone else plays Fortnite for free. But that's, again, not what we're doing here. This is not going to buoy Twitter's business.
2: Yeah, this is—we are 24 hours. Into yeah. an experiment to look at a different way of uh, of building a business, a different way of funding journalism, and how to better kind of serve power users. So
1: you're 24 hours from a red eye, so I appreciate you coming yes, in and, and making me answering the same question four times. So I'll stop asking the same question. We're done. We won't do a fifth one. Um, there's a bunch of products in there in Twitter Blue. It's <laughs> sort of a, a, a grab bag of stuff. How do you decide what goes in the grab bag and what isn't ready for prime time?
2: So I think there's a few things um, when we've been making decisions. One are things where people get to customize Twitter in some way. So people like, really like Twitter, but like, uh, if you've used it for a while, like Jack posted, uh, he, did, uh, he customized the tabs at the bottom of, uh, of his Twitter app, uh, and he removed the notifications uh, thing from that. I imagine he gets a lot of notifications. Mm-hmm. So the ability to customize uh, is, is one thing that we've seen. Another thing is like, for features that might actually go out, um, to a broader, uh, broader group later, to so the to uh, kind of the general audience so later. Something that you're
1: paying for now might eventually be free for everybody. So we
2: have this notion called Twitter Labs, which is where we're like, if we're if we want to try things out, we like building in public. We're going to put it in labs. We're going to test it. Going to learn from some of our heaviest kind of like most pa- uh, most kind of superpower users, and then we'll we can make decisions whether well, we can, it can go out for general audience we can keep it within blue we can we can go from there, so we've got a few different features in there, such as like longer video uh for example, and I'm sure you'll see more, but like for Twitter blue members, one of the critical things as well is like can we get to like we love playing with these things first we want to be able to see this stuff we want to explore and it's kind of like a win win for us because we learn faster uh, and people get first and then the third thing is like features for kind of like heavy news consumers. And this is where things like ad-free articles and top articles uh, come in. It's like, how do we better serve people who uh, come to Twitter dance? Like, like I want to be informed, and uh, I want a, multiple different ways in which I can interact or change the experience that I get around.
1: I want to talk to you about those two in a second, those last two features. Um, the one that I, beyond, beyond the 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 ad-free thing and the, the thing that used to be called Nuzzle, I think the one that most people who are paying attention to this are, are interested in is Undo Tweets. Yeah. Which is a little misleading, it sounds like, because it's not tweets but editable, right? I can't edit a tweet. I can't take a tweet that I've actually sent out and retract it, right? That's still the nature of Twitter is you tweet it, it's out there unless you delete it.
2: So it, it works in much the same way as undo send with Gmail, Yeah, which is what we're doing is you, can, you do your tweet, you press the tweet button. And then it brings it up into a view where you can see your tweet as the, in the way that it should be, and it gives you a certain amount of time that you can set as to whether you want to edit and go back and change it. Or preview whether, mode, yeah. And what then? It's I've, so I've been using it for the last few months, and it's actually amazing how much it has saved me. Um, from any number of just like typos uh-huh. or like just even a beat to think. And do I really want to tweet that? Maybe not.
1: Right. It's not that I was drunk tweeting last night and I woke up this morning and I have a lot of regret. I'm gonna try to turn back time. So you have been following my tweets. <laughs> um,
2: no, it's much it's much more about like, do we give you a moment? To pause you do to really check. Really want to say that, do? But also like the you know I I am a typo machine, and so the ability like the ability to go in correct those and just have that quick check has really kind of like saved me on any number of occasions.
1: So the reason you have come on my podcast a couple times is because you are deeply immersed in the media business. Your last startup, which was acquired by Twitter in May. Was called Scroll. We labored for many years to figure out a good way to describe what Scroll is, and I basically said it's a subscription ad blocking service, which is not technically correct, but it's directionally correct. It allows you to read news sites without ads if they're participating, and then the the publishers get that money that you're paying that you that you the consumer are spending. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty clunky way of saying it, which is why I just like to say it's an ad blocking service. So I think
2: I think the way because as you say, like it's there's a number of different ways in which we can describe scroll and now ad free articles, we can, and in some ways the easiest ways to think about it from a consumer perspective and then from a publisher perspective. So from a consumer perspective, it's pretty simple. It's uh, when I'm going through the timeline. There'll be stories from participating publishers, and we have a network of more than 300 sites, people like The Washington Post, Vox, LA Times, um, BuzzFeed. Thank you for the disclosure, yes. Thank you, yes. uh, You are a wonderful partner. And when they click on those stories, the page loads fast. It loads without ads. There's no kind of chum boxes uh, uh, at the bottom. It's just clean, beautiful, the content. The ads are stripped
1: out with the publisher's permission.
2: We don't strip out the ads. The publisher chooses to... Um, show me a page show, Yeah. So we're not, we don't actually touch the page at all. The publisher is in complete control. But from a consumer perspective, they're just getting the content they want to see. They're getting it in the fastest, cleanest way that they can while still keeping that direct relationship with the site. From a publisher perspective, it gets interesting because this is, this is in many ways its the first time we've had a large group of publishers come together, agree to a kind of level playing field for how they want to get paid that doesn't involve advertising, where when people come to their site on the open web, they get to deliver an experience and get paid. And they get paid. Our goal is 50% more per person than they would have made from uh, serving ads to that person.
1: If you want to go deep on this, Tony and I have literally talked about this a couple times before. You can go back in the archives. They're still free. There's ads attached to those. To be clear, this is not stripping out ads from Twitter, which is another thing people say, oh, I wish I would have had that. Why can't I pay you money to not have ads on Twitter? So I am... I, I, don't, would, I realize you don't run that business. I don't run that business. Is the but first, I'm, but, the first but part I'm of sure it. everyone has asked you this, so I'm asking.
2: Sure, and I, like for us, advertising is still a great way to kind of support the business and to innovate uh, and so forth. We were trying to think through with ad-free articles what is a way that we can both deliver on an experience and also to kind of support the partners that we work with. And you know, I've been I've been on this I've been on this train for ten years now, trying to find like different ways to fund journalism. And, you know, I've got a litany of kind of graveyard of failures um, uh, to to my name on that front. And this for us is like our our best starting point, which is like, can we deliver a better experience? Can we do so in a way that feels like it's doing some good in the world?
1: Did you guys think through, look, if we're asking publishers to do, to offer an ad-free version of their ad-supported service in exchange for money— why shouldn't we offer the same thing to ourselves? Why, why shouldn't Twitter offer the same thing? Uh,
2: I don't know if those conversations have been happening. Uh, it's definitely a different team to my team. My team is focused on how do we kind of <laughs> help journalism. And so that's what we kind of, uh, that's what we did with Twitter Blue.
1: So, scroll used to be a, ser- was a service you started funded by big publications, including the New York Times. One of the difficulties you had for years was getting publications like Vox, et cetera, to sign on. I believe the Times still hasn't signed on. Now that it's part of Twitter, how do those conversations change when you go to a publisher and say, "We're now we're doing this thing, it's going to be baked into Twitter? Does that make it easier to pitch, harder to pitch? It's uh, It's definitely
2: easier also kind of raises different questions as well. I think, like, as you say, like, when we were— when I was out there as this tiny startup, um, you know, we were, like, 14, 15 people, and we would go, and we'd be working with publishers, and—, uh, and
1: you knew them all because you'd been the sharpbeat guy, so you'd been in their newsrooms talking about the how digital ads guy. work. Yeah, the yes. guy.
2: And they would—we would, we would go, in and, and we'd be running the business, and they'd be—and they'd, they'd say to me quite clearly, they'd be like, Tony, the model works— we make more money per user than we did from serving ads to those users. That's all great. The problem is, is you don't have enough users. Then the next question we be, how are you going to get them? That question somewhat goes away with Twitter. when I mean, we have hundreds of millions of people on the platform, the biggest, heaviest news
1: consumers. There's um, not a concern that actually you have too many people, right? If Because and, and of these Guys do, are still running an ad-supported business. Is there a worry that actually we can't have all these people sign up to not look at our ads? So I think this is, this is kind of the interesting thing if we can get,
2: if we get real about Twitter, yeah? which is that we have hundreds of millions of users, but we're not Facebook or Google. We're not up there in the duopoly in terms of traffic um, to publishers. I would say that what, one of the interesting things about the behavior that we see is that Facebook and Google are much bigger drives of traffic But Twitter is a much bigger driver of audience. So it's people who are more likely to get a connection to you. Uh, One of the questions that— Wait,
1: wait. So spell out the difference between traffic Um, and audience?
2: So traffic is someone clicking on an article to your site. Audience of people who know who you are like what you do and come back. And one of the things that we see, the ways we see this is in talking to many, many publishers, especially over the last few months, one of the commonalities we've seen is that people from Twitter are more likely to subscribe and support journalism than when they come from other sources like Facebook or Google and so forth. And so— it's for news junkies. Yeah, so exactly. Th- these are our people. And so for us— what we're trying to think through is for this audience, it's not going to be your whole audience. You're still going to be getting a huge amount of traffic direct. You're going to be getting traffic from the duopoly and so forth, and that's all fine. But for this audience, who are people who are news junkies, who have the potential to become a great audience, and who one day we want to have them subscribe to your own content if you you have that kind of business model, what can we do to help build that relationship in a way that kind of delivers more revenue, but also delivers the kind of experience where they're more likely to come back.
1: And to, uh, I think I said this, but just to be clear, if I hadn't, this doesn't knock down a paywall. No, uh, it never has. If Washington Post is part of the is part of the platform, Washington Post, right? So I'm a, uh, so if I'm a Washington Post subscriber. I think I pay with my own money. But if I'm not, and I, and, the, and I hit the Washington Post paywall. Twitter blue doesn't help me get over that paywall.
2: Exactly. Like we are we are not in the business of like helping you get past paywalls. Publishers have complete control over how they choose to, uh, to set those things.
1: I have other questions for you. I want to take a quick break so we can hear from sponsors. We'll be right back.
0: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline. Because State Farm agents are small business owners themselves who live and work in your community. And if you're in the market for small business insurance, who better to work with than an agent who understands what it takes? State Farm agents can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: And we're back. So back to my first earlier rambling question. Have you been able to sign people up post acquisition that you weren't getting before? Sure. I mean, you just mentioned the Washington Post. Um, they are a
2: great new partner. The LA Times, and there's a, there's a bunch of others: Rolling Stone, uh, Hollywood Reporter, um, Variety. So there's a there's a whole group of new publishers that have come in. We also had to transfer all the existing publishers mm-hmm. that we had onto brand new kind of like integrations and in paper and so forth. And one of the things that I'm pretty excited by is having we've got this amazing partnerships team with Nick Allen, Dana Lacy, uh, Robin Monheit, and the new publishers they're going to be bringing in over the next few months as well. We're going to have a steady kind of drumbeat of kind of expanding networks. Our goal is quite simply to be delivering kind of more and more value each month, more and more publishers uh, coming in and delivering this kind of experience to the people who choose to have it.
1: And you guys also added something that used to be called Nuzzle, which was, again, a Twitter power user thing that always struck me as not going to be a business because it seemed like it's something Twitter should offer, and now Twitter offers it. Twitter offers it. Uh, So this allows you basically to sort of help sort through your news. What the people in your timeline are most interested in?
2: Sure. So uh, what Top Articles does is it looks across all the articles that have been tweeted out by the people you follow over the last 24 hours, and then it's a very simple, transparent algorithm. It just ranks them based upon the number of people in your uh, who you follow uh, who tweeted that that's it's, it's even a more filtered filtered bubble yeah and it's why i so i as you said it was a, it's reminiscent of nuzzle and nuzzle was a company i love so much that i bought the company and it gives me a completely different view of twitter uh, that I that I love, and it's. I know that when we had to uh, we had to shut it down during the acquisition, which broke my heart, but was the right thing to do. And for the last six months, journalists in particular have yeah. been tweeting at me about their anger at me uh, about taking this beautiful thing away from them. And and now you give it back, but it costs. The the, t- <laughs> but it funds journalism with yeah. those costs, so it's a it's a perfect circle.
1: That seems like one that really ought to be offered to the general Twitter user base. It's another way of sorting Twitter. Most people won't want to deal with it because of all buttons and thinking. But it's for news junkies because they know about it, and they're the ones who are likely to share it. But it seems like this is a more pleasant way to use Twitter for a lot of folks, a more useful way. I think there's going to be a lot...
2: A whole bunch of ways in which we experiment with kind of what's outside of Twitter Blue, what's within Twitter Blue, whether there are versions that are within or without. Uh, and I know that the the team that have been working on this, and I want to call out as well, like, I don't think anyone expected that within six months of joining a large company, we'd be able to ship two brand new products. Um, and they really are brand new products in, in many ways out the door in this this time, the team have many, many plans for where they want to take this and what they want to do. They've been thinking about this problem for a very long time. And so I'm really excited to see that. I think one thing to note is that Top Articles works incredibly well for uh, people like you and I. We follow a lot of people, and those people tweet a lot of articles. Not everyone is like us on Twitter. Twitter Twitter contains multitudes. And so for other people who maybe their feeds aren't so full of articles and so forth, they might not be so valuable. Mm -hmm. So right now we're launching this within Twitter Blue. I think it's a super valuable feature. It transforms the way that I use Twitter, certainly, um, and gives me kind of context and conversation about the key articles. And we're going to see where we take it from here.
1: Do you have a rubric for, like, This is a thing that is interesting and or valuable, but it should be in Twitter blue versus this is a thing that's interesting, valuable, and it should be offered to everyone. And we should graduate it to – we should take it out of the paywall and make it free and available. and, And what tips that one way or the other? So I would caveat
2: that, again, we're 24 hours into the yes. U.S. launch. And one of the reasons why Twitter is now kind of like launching things early and so forth is to try and like learn these things with our audience versus trying to like go away in a little ivory tower and then come out and say, ta-da, we've decided what you like. Mm-hmm. So we're going to keep on doing that and we're going to keep on kind of... Uh, changing and kind of I- iterating on that. I think for for me, at least, right now, my kind of thesis is around these kind of three things, which is like, where can you customize Twitter? For, uh, where, mm-hmm. where are the features where they may well go out to the general public uh, in a while, but where we want them to be seen experimentally experiment with the first within labs. And then where are the, where is it appealing, particularly to the news junkies, who quite frankly as well, I want to bring into this world because I want them to have a new way of supporting and funding journalism.
1: Because as you've, you've alluded to, you guys are rolling out a lot of stuff. A lot. Um, All from not the org that you run, but the org that you're part of, Twitter Spaces, which will, it's your clubhouse clone. I can see why that should be available to everyone because you want the most people available. If you have an audio chat room and there's four people there, that's not super useful for a lot of people. Uh, You guys did uh, your version of stories. Did you call it stories? I can't remember. Fleets. Fleets. RIP Fleets. RIP. You know, I can imagine there's probably that question every time you guys have a new product that You're playing with should this be behind the paywall? Should this be in the front of the paywall?
2: Yeah, absolutely, and it's going to be something where, as we start to develop uh, features and so forth, or it may well be that like it's not like do we put spaces behind a paywall or not, or, or within blue or not because we don't really think of it as a paywall. It's not um, it's not a paywall in the kind of classic sense. I think it's going to be more about we're creating this this new feature. There are aspects of it that will appeal to the general audience. So let's put that out to the general audience. But there may be some things that appeal to a particular kind of power user. Do those things work within Blue or not? And do they fit within a kind of cohesive product? And if so, we'll explore it. Um, But I don't think there's any particular strong rubric right now. As I said, we're like 24 hours in. 24 hours. So we're going we're to see how we go.
1: You, like we said, you've run a couple startups prior to this. You've been deeply immersed in digital publishing with an eye on sort of the, the publisher's side of it as opposed to the platforms. But you've obviously been in contact with the Googles and Facebooks and Twitters of the world for years. From the outside, what, if anything, has changed in your perspective that you're like, oh, I didn't realize this from the outside. But now that I'm here, I get this it's
2: tricky in some ways because as you say like I've been I've been working with publishers and platforms for a, a decade or more. Um, so when I, th- when I think about this question I almost think about like what's changed in my life? as a result of this this kind of stuff. And so it's—because it's, it's this is also, in some ways, this is the first big company I've ever worked at. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been at little startups, um, kind of fighting the fight. Uh, how many and, folks were at Scroll? Um, there were like 14, 15 people at Scroll. Sharp beat. Uh, I think when I left, there was about 120. I don't know how many there are now. Tiny like, compared to the— 20s. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm, I'm, I'm in a company with thousands of people, and there are great things about that, which is that sometimes it's like— we have a person to help you with that. So we'd like, we have this whole amazing team to think about trust and safety who kind of come into every kind of product uh, de- decision and kind of like work with us on those kind of things. And there's also the opposite challenge of that, which is like there's a person for that, but I'm not totally sure who it is. So I'm still kind of learning and navigating um, those things. Trying to figure out where the bathroom is. Yeah, exactly. And so there's a bunch of that that I'm still trying to work through. In general, the thing that I that has kind of really come home is like, People genuinely care. They genuinely want to try and make the world better. And they're working through the same kind of set of challenges as everyone else, just on a kind of large platform. And it's just infinitely more complex.
1: Is there anything where you're like, from the outside, I really wish that Twitter did this. And now you're there. And you're like, oh, now I know why Twitter doesn't do that. Or I can make that happen because I'm there. Um,
2: so I think Top Articles is a kind of classic example of this. Like you said earlier, like, this is something that should have been part of Twitter before. And for whatever reason, we couldn't make it happen until now. And so I'm like, I was kind of reflecting on this yesterday. And in part, yes, I'd just come off a 24-hour trip to San Francisco and a red eye. But that's not supposed to
1: happen post-pandemic. I
2: know, anymore. I know. Especially supposed to be just to be Zoom, Zoom now. Yeah. Google at, me. By the way, oh. we're in
1: person here, so that's not supposed to happen either. It's,
2: it's amazing. But I was a little teary. Um, at times yesterday. And, you know, part of that's like pride in the team. And like, I'm even welling up a little bit right now. Like, I'm so, so excited for them. I'm going to offer you a tissue. I know. You only Purell and hand sanitizer. Yeah, it's like, I don't want to put a hand sanitizer <laughs> wipe over my eyes. I think that might be a very bad move. But also just like, these are things that I've longed for Twitter to do as well. Like, I've always wanted the kind of nuzzle-like experience to be, like, built within Twitter. I've always wanted to think about, like, are there different ways in which Twitter can be working with uh, with kind of journalism at large? And now we're getting to see that for the first time, and it's still, as we keep saying, it's brand new. But to me, like, that the team was able to kind of bring and affect that change so fast is just a, a thing Thing that's incredible to so me. So you may mention this, but you guys launched 24 hours
1: ago. Um, <laughs> what
2: should we expect? Years, to, be, to be fair, we Twitter Blue has been in uh, Canada and Australia since I think June or July.
1: What, what kind of cadence should we expect? Should we expect a new publisher every couple of days, a new feature every couple of weeks? What if I'm a Twitter Blue sub? Should I expect it to change a lot all the time, or this is kind of where we are for the near future? I think what we want
2: to try and do is we want to try and build a kind of sustainable drumbeat of this kind of thing. Because, like, I'll tell you, like, the team have been working crazy hard over the last six months. And so I think there's getting us that through launch. There's taking a breath. There's listening to everything that people have to say. Like, we were the number one trending topic for a while there yesterday uh, on, on this Twitter. Is, this
1: is the product for people who like complaining about Twitter products. Yeah.
2: So we're, we're going to have a lot of in, a lot of input yeah. coming in. So we just, we want to take a beat. We want to listen to that, and we're just going to keep building in public, and we're going to kind of work on whatever schedule is kind of sustainable for the team, and where we're actually making things better. We don't want to be just doing frenetic action for the uh, for the sake of it. But I have already seen some of the things that are coming down the wire for the next couple of months or so, and I'm super excited to share them.
1: You work for uh, the product team run by Kevin Bigpour, who came from what was his um, Periscope. Periscope. Thank you. Um, So I assume you're working closely with him because it's his group. Any Jack input on any of this stuff? Do you float any of this up to him? What do you think, Jack? Yeah, so I— um, The main person
2: I interact with uh, in terms of that is Kayvon, who's um, an incredible product thinker. Jack is, like— He runs two companies. He runs two companies. The thing that I found is, like— he'll come in at the moments that you don't expect. Like, there'll be some doc that I've written about my kind of plans for X, Y, or Z that I think maybe four people at the company have read because I don't read, write very readable docs. And then, like, there'll be a comment where Jack comes in on some kind of moment, point of minutia that he really cares about or he's like, how is this kind of connecting up to our goals and the, the jobs that uh, jobs to be done and so forth? And I'm like, whoa, okay, shit. Um, uh, and get it back in there. So, like, it's not something where jack is in every meeting or anything like that but it's,
1: it's he's watching he's the ever-seeing eye
2: the ever-seeing eye um yeah it's it's it was it was a big question for me it was like i i'm going to a company the the ceo also has another public company like how is this going to work is this for real or not and it's been surprising
1: is there anything he said go make this add this in or take this out or change this in a fundamental way go make twitter blue happen
2: yeah like The best thing for a CEO is to be able to give us kind of alignment around what is the stuff that really matters, and then give us the autonomy to choose how we want to make that happen. And Jack's been pretty good about that.
1: Tony Hale, it's 24 hours since launch, 24 hours since you took a red eye back. I I appreciate you coming in physically on a city bike. Uh, People want to reach you on Twitter to complain. They know how to find you. Arctic Tony. Arctic Tony. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was super fun. Thanks again to Jelani and Joel who produce and edit the show. Thanks again to our sponsors who let us bring the show to you for free. A bunch of more cool stuff is coming your way for free in the near future. Thanks for listening. Thanks for writing. Talk to you soon.